a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. At the end of the pier, a guy who looked about a million years old was passed out in a patch of sunlight. He wore pajamas and a fuzzy bathrobe that probably used to be white. He was fat with a white beard that turned yellow, kind of like Santa Claus if Santa had been rolled out of bed and dragged through a landfill. And his smell? As I got closer, I froze. He smelled bad, all right, but ocean bad. Like hot seaweed and dead fish and brine. If the ocean had an ugly side, this guy was it. I tried not to gag as I sat down near him, like I was tired. Santa opened one eye suspiciously. I could feel him staring at me, but I didn't look. I muttered something stupid about school and stupid parents, figuring that might sound reasonable. Santa Claus went back to sleep. I tensed. I knew this was going to look strange. I didn't know how the other homeless people would react, but I jumped Santa Claus. Welcome to Of the Eldest Gods, where we discuss Rick Riordan's role as our godly parent. I'm Ray from Cabin 12. I'm Charlie from Cabin 13. And I'm Fran from Cabin 8. Hi, Fran. Welcome. Hello, hello. Hi. Hello. Um, so, Fran, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit, tell us your pronouns, and how you got into the series and everything. Uh, yeah. So, hi, everyone. I am Fran, a uh, funny lesbian author um, from across the pond. Um, I uh, write gay stuff. I do my own Percy Jackson podcast. I got into the books when I was 19 and super depressed and decided I need <laughs> something fun and fluffy. And it turns out that this series was not it because it fucking just... Oh, can, wait, can I swear? I forgot. You can swear. <laughs> okay. This is a swear. Oh, yeah, yeah. Please, please do. We love that. Okay. <laughs> I always forget because sometimes like, I swear like a sailor on mine and I'm like, oh, I know some people don't. It's okay, cool. We talk about the the accurate mythology. We we can swear. Okay. We make no efforts whatsoever <laughs> to be child friendly. That is that is fair. Um, but yeah, no, it it fucking destroyed me, and I was like, why did I read this when I was depressed? But it made me feel better to a degree. <laughs> um, I got a bunch of tattoos for it, and um, it's inspired a bunch of stuff for me to be more of a writer and doing awesome cool stuff. Follow me at a dose of Fran. <laughs> Friends? That is Wonderful. so nice. That's so exciting. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. And I was on an episode of their podcast covering a thing we will get to in like 10 years. So, Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. My pronouns, she, they. I forgot to say that. Sorry. <laughs> but yes, no, Charlie was on my podcast. It's a lot of fun. We cannot say a thing. <laughs> no, this is this is the spoiler friendly podcast. And yeah. I, I had fun going on there and being able to talk about things. <laughs> yeah, just let loose. Just let it all out. Yeah. Well, what the heck did we just read? Like, five minutes before recording. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and like me, who did the reading. God. Fran, Fran, you get an A+. Plus. Yeah. I don't... Yes, you're the only one. How do grades work in Britain? <laughs> um, that's kind of... Well, actually, no, hold on. In my time, <laughs> they were similar to the US in that we did like A stars. Well, actually, no, we did stars. You guys do like pluses and stuff. We have like A star being like the yeah. top. 
But um, we also had other things, which mm. we also had what was called a U, which means you did so bad, it cannot be considered an actual passing grade. It's un... Uh, oh. What's it called? I think it's unmarkable is what it's called. So you basically get an unmarked oh, paper because you did so badly that they cannot consider it an actual grade. <laughs> I have two of them. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> Oh, it's horrible. It like really destroys your <laughs> self esteem. Um, but uh, yeah, <laughs> but we also then have. So you guys only go down to F. We also then go. To, so we have a further one. So we have F, G, mm-hmm. and then U. I have a lot of G's as well. But I was always impressed with my G's because I got a G for German, a G for geography. <laughs> and a G for games which is basically like PE so I was just like hey I got G's for the G subjects that's cool incredible I considered it an achievement you know what the G stands for (laughs) it stands for gay that too which I did also find quite funny but I didn't say because I was like I've gotten enough flack (laughs) school so I was like I'm not gonna make that joke I made it a year later when I was out of that school (laughs) (laughs) oh boy yeah, well, I agree. You get is fun. you get whatever the highest star is. We we both get U's. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Emily, I feel like I can't fully take the A star because I did only read it five minutes before coming on the call. <laughs> well, so did I. <laughs> At least you weren't reading it on the call. So, <laughs> but yeah, I'm so just I'll take it. I'll get like a C, a C, like average. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, passing grade. <laughs> yep. You passed. <laughs> clap, 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 clap. <laughs> All right. So within this chapter where we wrestled Santa's evil twin. Krampus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. Uh, we conveniently get flown all the way to San Fran by those statue bros. Uh, and they are like bros, like party bros. And I love it's them. lovely. Uh, <laughs> Talia keeps her eyes shut the entire time. Um <laughs> And once we get there, Grover reminds Percy we can get some answers from Narius, the old man of the sea. Uh, and Zoe tells him they can find him by smell. And Percy's like, great, great. Just send me off. I love all of you guys. You're so helpful. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Percy does indeed smell a weird guy and uh, <laughs> catches him and has to keep hold of him while he does a cool shape-shifting sequence. Love that. Lo- like, you know, the kind of wacky thing that would be animated in a Disney film, perhaps. Uh. Oh, they do. In in uh, The Sword of the Stone, they do do it with Wizard... That's what oh. I was thinking of, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I thought you were no, just, like, generally, just, like, referencing, just like, oh, that seems like something Disney would do. <laughs> I didn't think you knew. I'm imagining the live-action Percy Jackson show with Walker, and then this is just an animated sequence randomly in the middle of it now. <laughs> Amazing. Incredible. I would actually love that. <laughs> oh my god, when they have the dreams, it's all animated. Ooh, Please. that'd be fun. Disney, Disney, hmm. you should do it. I know you're not going to, but you should. <laughs> Disney, hire me for Percy Jackson's writer's hire room. Hire your friend. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I swear, I think I've like done so many like, please hire me on all social. <laughs> All right. Percy catches this guy. Um, Percy asks Narius about the beast, and that beast is revealed to be our best pal, Bessie. 
uh, who, who, uh, Grover can absolutely understand. It turns out that Bessie is a boy, uh, cow serpent, and also that he's the beast because of some sacrificing innocence Aslan type shit. Uh, don't worry about it too much. Um, actually do worry about it because that's the plot of this entire book, but <laughs> yeah, uh, plot twist. Uh, anyways, Dr. Thorne shows up and tries to get Talia to join the bad guy crew because, uh, mostly the timing works out really nice for them with the whole process, prophecy thing. So I guess that's fine. Um, Percy calls camp for help, but only Mr. D is there and, uh, Percy is not feeling that. So they're gonna just like fight and die. Uh, but Percy uses the magic word, uh, please. And Mr. D casually saves all their asses. Um, cause he's... Because this is his best book. I love him so much. Um, anyways, we head off the bad guys and Zoe reveals that the next destination is going to be her sister's garden. And she does not like that very much. Ta-da. <laughs> going Yay. home to the trauma. We love that. Yay! Yeah. Oof. Every time I look back on the series, I'm like, why did I... Why did my depressed brain be like, you know what, this is the series we're going to hyperfixate on for the rest of our lives now to help with this depression? I mean, it just makes it worse, really. <laughs> there are happy things happening yeah. sometimes. They're very rare. It's, it's, I feel like any like actually popular kids book series is going to be like that, though, where you're yeah. like, oh, happy fun times. These covers are so cool and cute. And then and then you get in there and you're like, oh, my God. The horrors. It's just Literally. all childhood trauma. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Maybe that's why I relate. <laughs> oh, that got dark. Yeah. You know, that generational <laughs> trauma. Our favorite Disney villain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is a conversation for my therapist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, well, <laughs> let's move on to our very fun mythology section. In case you missed it, but um, but um, shh. Uh, I'm going to talk about the Ophiotaurus first, because there's not a lot there. Hmm. But, you know, you know, yeah, it's it's very, very, very straightforward. Honestly, they explained it. Its name means serpent bull. I mean, is it even is it even actually gendered here? Like, besides the bull part. Is that it? Just the name? As far as I can Probably. see. It's just the name. Yeah, it doesn't seem to. Yeah. Doesn't seem to have a gender. Um, I would definitely um call Bessie uh the non-binary legend. Um, I mean, although they do in the book, <laughs> so non-binary in mythology. Um, trans in Percy Jackson. Percy thinks there we Bessie's go. a she, but she's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I I was gonna I say this is the second trans creature we've met. Blackjack was the first. Mm-hmm. Our trans king. <laughs> and we would just got another one. This time it's just a cow. <laughs> yep. <laughs> this time yeah. it's just a cow serpent. So yeah, the... <laughs> Again, it's just the creature's entrails are said to grant the power to defeat the gods to whoever burned them. Uh, It was actually killed, but retrieved by Zeus's eagle before it could be burned. So, uh... It doesn't say by who, though. Which is interesting. Yeah, it does. It's slain by an ally of the Titans. Question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, but not which ally, which I think is interesting. Huh. Someone please tell me this. <laughs> what a weird specific myth to be in this Percy Jackson book. Also interesting that, yeah. like, this creature came from chaos itself. Like, huh. Yeah. Like, chaos that created everything. 
the first being, basically. Usually the first being. <laughs> like, oh my god, that's, that's some deep <laughs> shit. Bessie's sister is Gaia. Gaia is yeah. Bessie's sister. <laughs> Fran. That. Fred, think about that for for later for your pod. Oh yeah, no, no, I I will. I just I just thought just because I just I know the goddess Gaia. So a cow is a sibling of the Earth itself. Yeah, that's just funny to me. Well, sometimes chaos also birthed eros, like love. So mm. yeah, but usually people go with the Aphrodite is actually Eros's mom thing. I don't love that as much. I'm like, yeah, give me primordial <laughs> love. Give me that. But of course, the pop culture section here, we love that it references Percy Jackson. As it should. And also, the fact that the the, the misgendering of Bessie is a reference to Rick's son Haley? Did, did we know this? I didn't know this. Wait. That's what it says oh. here on Wikipedia. I... <laughs> uh, okay, wait. Hold on. <laughs> is is Does this... this mean... Or is it his, is or is thing? it the son's name? Because this I admit I well, always, the, the, I read the, the name son, Haley the is name. like like um gender neutral. So like maybe yeah, especially if you're yeah. Texan, it's one of those uh, it's one of those type of things. I know I don't know a lot of guys named Haley, so but yeah. technically it is a guy name in certain areas. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say here in the UK, that's that's definitely not a gender neutral name here. I don't think. Because mm-hmm. I remember reading it and just being like, I'm confused. Because <laughs> like I'd seen the name Haley yeah. and just assumed that Rick had a daughter, and then when it's mentioned that Rick has, I think Rick has like two sons, doesn't he? Yes. And then I remember being like having that moment of like, is one of them trans or just is <laughs> that like, do they have a trans daughter? Like just get, yay for Rick being like respectful of their child. And then I realised later, <laughs> I was like, oh, as far as we know, no. Yeah. <laughs> I realized later. Right. I I don't know personally, but yeah, that would be like a southern US thing. Yeah. Yeah. Remember he's very Texas. Yeah. Yes. I think this must be my British side because like yeah. Everything's bigger in Texas, even murder. <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh, Charlie, please. Um but yeah, like no, there are people in the US who would be like, Haley? What? Like, that's definitely a thing. Also, okay. it's it's very regional. That makes sense. I didn't think about his name, like, too much. I was just like, okay, Rick's son Haley. Cool. And moved on from it. Never thinking, like, I've never actually met a boy named Haley. I don't think. But, mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Yeah, me neither. Never thought about it. for me. So the reason why, the reason why I thought about it is because, like, obviously Haley wrote one of the short stories, The Son of Magic, in, like, one of the many things and that was the first time mm-hmm. i'd heard the name Haley ryalden mm. and so i d- yeah. didn't know that rick only had two sons at that period of time so i was like oh wow rick had his daughter wrote a short story that's so cool and then later <laughs> on i was like huh um and then obviously i think it was someone in the sub on discord that told me that i was just wrong <laughs> and i was like oh <laughs> Makes sense. so this is a reference for people like you friend yeah it's a regional thing. <laughs> it's, it's a reference to all the English people out there. Um, don't be mistaken. <laughs> it's an American yeah. Texan thing. Yeah, the only other pop culture is My Little Pony, which I do not remember. An Ophiotaurus <gasps> and My Little Pony. But I will look That's for that. That's incredible, though. I love that. Well, let's go over to Nereus, who has a little bit more about him, uh, besides his name. Uh, all right. So... 
All right, he's the eldest son of Gaia and Pontus. Oh. Like, like this specific pairing, I would assume. Uh, because, you know, Gaia has hmm. her many husbands. Um, you know, the sky, the pit, the sea. Uh, <laughs> but Nereus is, you know, the father of the Nereids. Like, like all of, all of oh, those. Oh, that makes sense. All of those people. <laughs> And he's also the husband of uh, one of the pod's uh, favorite goddesses, Doris, solely for her name, because yes. <laughs> just like a goddess named Doris. I love it. I just I just yeah. imagine her knitting sweaters down under the sea, being a grandmother. I don't know. This is what I imagine. Uh, so yeah, Nereus, old man of the sea. Um, he also had one son. Nerites, who, uh, if you know things in mythology like I do, that is the guy who, uh, both Poseidon and Aphrodite, depending on the story, had a thing for. <laughs> yeah, a fun little dude. <laughs> Very fun little dude. <laughs> Got turned into, like, a shrimp. His hoe game was too strong. We had to shrimp him. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Like, yeah, he, he got turned into a shrimp because Aphrodite, he was like, no, Aphrodite, I don't want to go up like and like fly in. in I, I want to stay down here under the water. Goodbye. So she's like, shrimp. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the etymology is just like nothing. That's not helpful. That is so unhelpful. Um, I don't think that needed a whole section dedicated to it. It really didn't. <laughs> also, I want to say that like him and Proteus are like kind of conflated a lot. Yeah, it does seem like they might be conflated. Hmm. Both called the Old Man of the Sea, both shapeshifters um, with like the power of prophecy and such. Yeah, that's what I'm seeing here. But also like the first god of the sea before Poseidon. Which, wasn't there a titan of the sea? Yeah, so that's interesting. I wonder where, how the timeline works out there. The timeline in mythology never works out. Because I know there's <laughs> Oceanus and Tethys, who were the um, husband-wife um, sea god, sea titans. Yeah, I think Oceanus... I think, has he been mentioned? I don't, can't remember if he's been mentioned. Uh, one of the old sea gods was mentioned. I can't remember if it was Oceanus, but it was somebody... Uh, yeah, I think that was early this book, so we're talking about things shifting and uh, awakening wars in the sea so that Poseidon couldn't help us out yeah, very much. Yeah, it was Oceanus. I'm looking at my, my notes of what I have covered in mythology. Oceanus <laughs> and a Aegeus, whose name I could not pronounce. Yeah, yeah. so Oceanus so, makes sense, yeah. So I think Oceanus in the times of this series is like the big titan bad, I'm guessing. Um, yeah. And then this guy... It's just kind of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's just chilling. Uh, he lost his job to the younger generation. <laughs> and so now he has nothing better to do than hang on to piers and smell bad. Oh my yeah. god. I really don't get how Rick came up with this presentation of Nereus in this book. When, like, I know there's not, like, that much to go off of him. But, like, it's... Mm. It, <laughs> Like the main quote that we've got here, I can't remember what it's in reference to, uh, to do with Theogony from Hesoid. I don't know what that is. I'm probably saying it all wrong. It says, um, uh, father of truthful, Neris, who tells no lies, eldest of his sons, they call him the old gentleman because he is trustworthy and gentle and never forgetful of what is right. But the thoughts of his huh. mind are mild and righteous. So, like, he's a good dude. <laughs> 
So, and they've yeah. made him an ugly, smelly Santa. So, for those who don't know, the Theogony is basically Hesiod trying to tell all of mythology in one story. Uh, oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to put all of it move. into, like, one... Um, timeline a, a continuity yeah it was really it was, God it was really speed, just the friend. creation of the world honestly and then like the names of all of the narrates it did he didn't get far <laughs> <laughs> yeah but hey hey guess what hero um this this god this guy narius has had dealings with guess which one i have a guess it does it does it start with an h perhaps yes it is in fact heracles yeah um i wonder is this the heracles mm, book what a coinky dink <laughs> maybe maybe possibly unsure heracles uh, had to put up with a lot <laughs> he, he you know he was in fact the the uh, for a boston reference he is the duncan of um mythology he's on every street corner oh god <laughs> Listen, you cannot go very far without getting, like, seeing, like, 50 Duncans around here. <laughs> when Robert was over, they, they were they were making jokes like, you, you should name every every Duncan that you haven't been to <laughs> instead. Oh, Duncan Donuts, do you mean? Yes, Duncan Donuts. Sorry, Fred. Okay. I, t- I thought I'm you were sorry. talking about someone called Duncan. And I was just like, there is, no. oh, is there a... L- <laughs> I was like, I didn't know the name Duncan was so popular du- in the US. No, no, it's it's Dunkin' Donuts. It's it's so unpopular that that wouldn't have even occurred to us. <laughs> it makes sense. You know, we do have Dunkin' oh, Do we? I think we do. No, I take it back. We have Krispy Kreme instead of Dunkin' Donuts here. Mm. Oh, boy. Yeah. In the US, it depends on where you are, and I have no idea which states have which, so. I mean, I know New York is the Starbucks state. I know that. <laughs> Oh god, I'm gonna be so poor when I come over <laughs> to New York. <laughs> oh. Starbucks is expensive. Oh, New York is a nightmare. Like like you can't buy anything for less than ten dollars. Like it's oh my, my little god. sister was there for a while. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Oh, I'm gonna be so they will poor. just up price everything. Fran, <laughs> just like just just don't eat while you're here. Just <laughs> And like the whole thing is that when I usually travel, I bring some snacks with me. But I know that the last time I tried to do that, um, the security staff scared me. So I was like, I'm never trying that again. Mm. <laughs> so you're trying to smoke things in this country. I'm like, they're just what? they're just crisps. Why are you so mad? <laughs> Uh, no don't like basically cheetos basically what i was trying to bring in was like the english equivalent of cheetos and they were so mad like no i oh my god i had to go cry in a toilet afterwards because they were so mad oh i was like they're just a snack that's so rude yeah he didn't seem happy about me just existing (laughs) no customs is terrible Sometimes people do not want to be doing the job that they're doing, and yeah, who boy? Well, um, of course. So the thing that Heracles does in the mythology is exactly what Percy does. He's is gotta mm. gotta wrestle this this old man of the sea who may or may not smell. We don't have ev- evidence for that. <laughs> uh, and he like just turns into a bunch of animals. Um, this also says that he's gradually replaced by Titan, uh, Triton. Who is, you know, Poseidon's son, mm. the like mermaid guy. Interesting. I don't Who know. Knows? There's there's a lot of sea gods. Just like the the Greeks had so many gods of the sea. There's a there's a lot of sea out there, uh, to be I fair. Mean, not really near Greece though. Like it like there's only one ocean <laughs> near Greece. Yes, but like <laughs> 
Greece is a bunch of islands. Oh yeah, but the yeah. majority, like the mo- but that's still only one ocean though. A lot of the islands are still in one ocean. Yeah, but like <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it makes sense because like they're so like connected to like water that like it's important to their culture. You know? Yeah. I kind of, I do kind of get it, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, and admit it, it's like the 21st century perspective. I'm like, but you're only in one ocean. <laughs> Why do you have like thousands of these <laughs> Think guys? Think about it when that is your entire world. When that one little island is your entire world. <laughs> yeah. And I guess you have like a god for each island and then like they have their mini ones because the kids and then the kids And like kids. a god for each sea and like, you know, yeah. There's, there's, yeah, there's god for a, each. A they each have their own segment. <laughs> <laughs> and admittedly, the ocean is, like, fucked up and unpredictable. And so, like, I feel like if I was going to ascribe a god to anything in particular, I'd be like, that big water out there? Fucked up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This little calm water? I like them. <laughs> uh, the last important thing I, I think um, about Nereus is his his two daughters, um, Amphitrite, who marries Poseidon, and then... Thetis, the mother of Achilles. Oh, interesting. Those two women really did not have that much luck. (laughs) No, no, they didn't. Um, No. Both, I don't know if Amphitrite was forced into marriage, but Thetis was forced into marriage. So, oh. Poor, poor, poor lady. Sad. So, to kind of go back to, like, why the characterization is like this in the book here, uh, I would assume that, one, it's because the Heracles myth is what we're mostly basing this off mm-hmm. of, and so to make that scene interesting, you have to make him be a funny little guy. And two, I would bet that it's so that he contrasts Poseidon. Like, uh, Percy specifically says something like, if there's a bad part of the ocean, then this is it, when he smells him. Um, and so he can't be like a chill, cool old guy like Poseidon is. He has to be like a smelly, weird old guy. Is I don't know. I feel like there's there's another way you could represent the the not so great part of the ocean. Why is it a smelly old man? I don't know. Eh. Well, because he's also the old man of the sea. And I feel like that's also like influenced by like cultural stuff Mm. that uh, when you think of an old guy by the ocean, you know, there are a few things, but Rick tends to go for the whatever he thinks is funnier. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like this is definitely a cultural interpretation. I instead want to imagine this man as like, Y'all, y'all know Lilo and Stitch. Like, the the mm-hmm. man at the beginning with the ice cream. That's who I want <laughs> this man to be, actually, instead. I see. Like, because what does he do? He's, like, sun tanning all day long. He's got the terrible sunburn. <laughs> that That's who I want Marius yeah. to be instead. He could still have the beard, <laughs> you know? I don't know. I can't think who I'm... Tra- There's someone I'm definitely trying to picture. I know I'm trying to think of something, too. I can't picture who I would want Neris to look like. But yeah, I, I mm. don't have really have a problem with him as pairing old, because it makes sense because of his title. Yeah, like, it's he can be an old man. It's bit that I just... Yeah. It's a smell that makes no sense to me, because, like... He has to be, like, a homeless yeah, man. It just, also, too. Which, yeah, that feels... Mm, that feels a way... Mm. It does. It sh- sure does. There's There's been a lot of that in this particular book. It's been a little, uh, mm, something. I mean, the, I was just gonna say there's a difference, like, when gods try to appear as, like, a, a homeless person who's helping you, rather than, like, this is what this guy always is, you know? Yeah. Huh. I 
actually, we we talked about this uh, in that episode where we were talking about uh, Apollo presenting himself that way, where that's that's like a trope of you know, like this homeless person is actually secretly this, so that's why you should respect them. Honestly, like I don't think it was handled well here, but I don't have any issues with like the idea of some guy being like, "This is how I exist." I like there are homeless people who choose to live yeah. the way that they do, like very specifically, and it's I don't think that that's there's anything wrong with that, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm I I can't verbally think of things. To say how this is weird. <laughs> no, I get you. The, the only thing I can think of specifically with... Because it, it's in this chapter, like, we've had a lot of like slightly questionable things. Like um, when they first arrive in San Francisco, there is, as we see later on, a homeless guy who sees Hank and Chuck, these giant angels, land on and starts freaking out and screaming about angels from Mars and stuff like that. And like, I didn't like that. I, that was not necessary. And then we see him again, like he's clearly someone who is homeless. He is speaking with all the other people within the homeless community about what he's seen and kind of not being taken seriously a lot. Um, and that you don't need that really <laughs> like that's not necessary yeah. to put in it's like a very it's a usual stereotypical sort of thing that you see in, in any kind of film like even here in the UK like whenever there is someone who is homeless being portrayed in media they are someone who has severe mental health issues um, mm-hmm. someone who is delusional in some way and just doesn't smell nice doesn't look nice all these sort of like the very horrible things like obviously there are people who are like that who are homeless and obviously do need support and stuff but like that's all that's shown and it's always this really horrible Mm -hmm. image and it's being portrayed as this terrible thing of just like oh god i can't we've got to deal with these people or they go for the sob story element and this whole scene was just so weird of percy then trying to pretend to be a homeless kid to then like even though i was kind of like why (laughs) just go up like even just looking at like a normal kid like it's not like quote-unquote normal people don't walk through homeless communities like i know there's uh, when i was in san francisco for my my worst week in america ever where i nearly died um <laughs> oh boy. backstory later yeah that's a big story later um <laughs> but i know that there is i don't know if it's i think there is possibly one in san francisco i may be wrong i don't think i ended up walking past it by hearing about it but there is like this street either in maybe la a lot of California, just a lot of America just blends together for me because it's fucking huge. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there's like this, um, like this homeless community where they are all basically supporting each other on this one street and they all kind of live together mm-hmm. as like a small community. Um, and like people walk through it, like people who aren't homeless will be walking through that street because it's like a connective street. They could have done something like that. Like it just, the whole scene just felt really random and really weird. And she's like, why is it being written this way? This is a choice. Rick, Rick, explain yourself. <laughs> explain yourself. What was the reason? Um, and then I do like actually that when Percy then does attack Neris, the other people from the community being like, what are you doing? Like, throwing yeah. up an old man like that. <laughs> yeah, like, what's your problem, kid? Um, we will, we will talk about that in detail. Um, <laughs> Let's 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 go through this a little more chronologically. All right, but like, all right. that's some assaults. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Uh, so Thalia, um, <laughs> she's not doing oh, so hot. My poor sweet winter child. My poor sweet winter child. <laughs> she she's she's like, are we high? Are we are we really high? 
And Percy is lying to her. He's like, nope, not at all. Percy is a bro. Like, that. that's so sweet to me. I don't know. I love him. Sometimes you just have to support your friends by lying to them. Yeah. And then Zoe has to ruin it. We are in the Sierras. Yeah. I'm just like, sh- Zoe, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut up. Wait, what are the Sierras? The Sierra Mountains. It's a range. Uh, yeah. To the I... west. Okay, this scene makes so much more sense now. <laughs> oh my god. I thought she was just saying, like, what they're flying over, like, what they're going past. Like, I didn't think that meant height. I thought it was a name of, like, a town or something, or, like, an area of the country. A like, range of snowy so mountains. Places in America have yeah. great names. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. This series is so bloody American. <laughs> It really, really is. I've I've wondered before, like, how a lot of this plays if you don't live here specifically. Uh, yeah. I know some things have changed. Like, we've had a few, like, um, I think I think it's particularly in, like, a, in Heroes of Olympus, but there's definitely some in the original series as well, where, like, specific brands and specific, like, things are changed based on location. Like, I think oh. <laughs> there's a reference to, um, oh, God, Trail Mix for the U.S., and for us, it was called like Weetabix, which is a specific brand oh. of um, like cereal <laughs> type right. of thing. So it was like a full change. And I remember reading it and s- on an episode with someone else where they mentioned the trail mix or whatever, um, whatever it actually was, because I don't think it was actually trail mix. And I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> and they were like, wait, what did it say for you? And I was like, it said Weetabix. And they're like, what's that? So they do change some things, but. The fact that they'll change brands, but it's like, there's there's so much americana here there is just so much Mm -hmm. that's like the tiniest thing you can change Uh, rick was just like just change america america (laughs) i like that yeah it's like the thing of like um the the stereotype of when um people from america are in the uk and someone asks it's like oh where are you from and they just go they like name the specific place within america like the name of the town Uh uh-huh uh-huh and i'm just like that means nothing like Amer- is it America? Yeah. <laughs> is the answer America? <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I can usually be like, I'm from, like, Boston, and people can kind of know where that is. Ish. Yeah. <laughs> so that's okay. That's the bigger one, so we're usually all right. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I'm not technically from Boston, but I can still get away with, like, I'm from Boston. It's fine. Um, I went to Greece with um uh my one of my grandmothers and she was telling people oh i'm from maine france you know where that is so i already know where maine is because of once upon a time (laughs) but i never Um. actually knew where maine was i just like i see i didn't know where in the country it was i was just like it's somewhere in america it's it's basically second massachusetts um (laughs) it's just it's it's north it's like on the the canadian border yeah oh oh god that's actually no when the moment you said like near massachusetts i was like oh okay so like no no second massachusetts that is that is a joke that is oh okay (laughs) god Okay, yeah, because admittedly, the moment you said that, I was just picturing, like, somewhere... Admittedly, I've just put loads of states together. Like, I used to think Washington was, like, right next to Boston, and, like, Florida was, like, beneath Boston. Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) Admittedly, I also always forget there's, like, 50 of the states, because... Yeah, it it doesn't seem like... Yeah, it's excessive. (laughs) Um, I can can remember there's 50, because, you know... It's it's an easy round num or round number? Is that the correct term? <laughs> it's you know what's an yes. easy number to remember is is the thing. Yeah. Actually I was gonna say I can't 
fully judge. Although we other states, their counties, and it's very different. It'd be like the regions within an area is what yeah. we go by. Is mm. how we split things up. Mm. Like I'm, so I'm in Oxford, which is nearish London by like an hour. Right. Um, but I'm in Oxfordshire, which is the name of the county. So that brings in like lots of different cities and yeah. towns within. I mean, that we have brand. counties here too. Right. Oh my god. <laughs> But, well, no, I mean, it sounds like a county is a much more important thing over yeah, there, Yeah, I know, but also, but also, how small is is your country? How small? <laughs> um, it's smaller than Boston or something. <laughs> I don't think your entire country is smaller than Boston. It's smaller than Florida. Yes. Yeah, the entire country is smaller than Florida. <laughs> Like, like we have ways to break up the states as well, besides just the towns. Right. So, so we've got the United States, and then we have like uh, South and North and Midwest and all that shit, and then we have individual states in those, and then you've got counties, and then you've got cities. <laughs> Wait, counties are before. It's just so fucking huge. Counties are smaller than states. Yeah, it's it's a grouping of like towns and cities. It would be okay. Okay. Okay, so that's the same for us then. So I got really confused for a second, but that's because, yeah. like, oh, there are so many different stages. <laughs> Whereas we've just got, like, north, south, east, west, and then the counties. <laughs> yeah, again, you are <laughs> Yeah, small. That, that feels weird to me that that is, like... Like, hearing the word county in reference to a country is, like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's technically not even just a singular country. That's four countries. Cause <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Yeah. We're oh fun. <laughs> this is what it's like to have two ADHD people. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Percy Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Um so so they're in a place. <laughs> they're flying. Wait, so the the statues there are technically automatons. Um I don't think we knew that last chapter. Mm -hmm. We just thought like they were statues. I did forget this fact that they were in fact like automatons. So it's not like they're statues yeah. brought to life. They are specifically made right. by, like, They're... Hephaestus. Yeah. Well, they were a gift from Athena, though. Did, did they mention They were dedicated to Zeus by Athena. Uh-huh. I mean, maybe Athena uh, built did them. Did she commission them, do you think? Maybe. maybe she... <laughs> she could have built them, or she could have commissioned them. I support yeah. either of those. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways... Uh, they're party guys. They met some Hank lady statues and, and like oh, Hank and Chuck. Hank and Chuck. God, uh, I love it. They're great. Beautiful. I am a bronze statue. Also, very nice of them to take us all the way here. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love Zoe like shooting arrows at the target signs. Yeah, I want to know. Fran, does that translate? Do y'all have targets? No, we don't. But I know what target is because I watch a lot of American TV. So I know what it is. We just don't have them. <laughs> I'm uh. just wondering if it's like the target sign just with the target logo or if it has the dog. <laughs> because then she's shooting the dog in the eye. Because <laughs> he's got the target logo on his eye. Yeah, and I feel like that was probably more common back then. I feel like I don't see the dog anymore. Yeah, but definitely don't see him anymore. But like, Zoe, she'd be like, that's an animal with the target on it. Okay. Yeah, she's a hunter, I guess. I guess that checks out. Um. Oh my god. Oh, yeah, so we learn about people seeing through the mist. That's, that's pretty cool. Um... Yes. I guess we didn't know that before. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a reasonable conclusion you could come to once you meet Rachel. But uh, the interesting thing is Percy having the epiphany that, oh, my mom's like that. Like, 
And just knowing that, like, Sally is probably more perceptive of mythological stuff than even Percy is, because he can still be fooled by the mist, and, you know, so she would have seen, like, Tyson's single eye and stuff. I do love that theory of, like, there's, like, this theory going around that Sally knew Tyson was a Cyclops the whole time, and just from the get-go, the moment he bonded with Percy, she was like, this is my second child. I will protect him. Okay, (laughs) I have one problem with that, and it's she didn't ask him to move in. Maybe she did though. <laughs> maybe she did, and maybe Tyson just didn't think he could. I don't because like Tyson seems the sort of person. Or maybe she didn't. Maybe she didn't know that he lived um, alone for a period of time. Or maybe when she tried to take him in, she wasn't allowed to because, like, obviously, foster care system sort of situation. Yeah. She definitely knew he was homeless, though. Yeah. So. so it must. It must be like it'd probably be like the foster care system, or maybe the school wouldn't allow it, or something like that. I feel like I she just, was just like she probably wanted to, but probably wouldn't have been able to in some way. Yeah, that's just that's my one like thing. Like Sally, you should have just adopted Tyson, like full on. <laughs> Why didn't you? Yeah. Oh, but he's not in the system, is he? So maybe she tried to, but exist. that's why it couldn't happen because he's not. Yeah, because he's not in the system, so she wouldn't have been able to. I mean, I mean, they also didn't know where he lived. They didn't know where he lived in terms of where he stayed. Fran, Fran to bring up another piece of media we love, um, Emma wasn't in the system. She was not a citizen, and yet, but she was a baby. She was in foster care. She was a baby. Yeah, but she was a baby. So she was found as a child with no identification, so they then give it to her. Because as I learned from person of interest, you don't get a... Explain Pinocchio. (laughs) Yeah, Pinocchio is the one who can't have ended up in the foster care system properly because he was much older. But Emma could have because social security numbers, which are then given to foster children and people in general, don't occur until the child is closer to six months old. That is when the first ever social security number is given, even to those who are in the... I didn't know that. I know this from person of interest, <laughs> so that's why. Because <laughs> <laughs> there's an episode where they have to look after this child that literally just that day got their social security number, basically, because they were well, six months old. And so they got their social security number that day and they became one of the numbers that they had to protect. So that's how that's the, literally the only reason I know. I don't know if it's true, but I'm assuming it is. <laughs> I mean, television, it definitely doesn't lie to you. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Never. <laughs> The only reason why I think this didn't lie to me because they did do a lot of research into like how these sort of things worked. Because- yeah, I would trust Person of Interest. I haven't watched Person of Interest, but just like by reputation. It's such a good show. I would highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. But anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I love the the joke by by the, the angel dude where he's like, we can blend in with the pigeons. And the kids are just like, what? Just... just- <laughs> Come on, come on. And he's like, lighten up, kids. <laughs> Children. Listen, they've been through a lot in the past how many hours? <laughs> yeah. We're still traumatized from Bianca. Um, Yeah, and it has not been that long. No, no, it has not. It's been two chapters at this stage. Oh, God. If that. <laughs> yeah, we we got over it by saying damn a few times. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. So, hey, we we made it to the West Coast, guys. Annabeth and Artemis are somewhere, somewhere here. I I just I don't know. I <laughs> right. I stop at that line, and I'm just like, yeah, they are somewhere. Percy, we don't know where. The West Coast is not small. No, even I know that. <laughs> in these books are real rough. Like, like they didn't know where the underworld was. They're just like, go west again. <laughs> at least in Sea of Monsters, we had an exact location. 
<laughs> yeah. Technically, they do find where the underworld entrance is, but they by pure lucky. coincidence. They got lucky and pure coincidence when they stumbled onto Medusa's lair because she had a card for DOA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, pure coincidence. We haven't had any of that. To, like, Persephone's garden or something? Yeah, which I do find really funny. <laughs> I have questions. <laughs> All right, so yeah, we gotta go follow the smell, find Nereus. He'll tell us where to go, I guess. Um, so this outfit that Percy has to It wear. is convenient that he is just like chilling around this area, but I guess I guess you could be like, I know he's in San Fran. Like, yeah, he was maybe told Zoe just where to go, right? I don't. I don't. I know. think he was told where to go by Apollo. I don't know. I forgot. I think he was told to find him, and he's like by water. I don't think he said specifically. And then it's Zoe who then suggests going to the pier. I think again, right. the West Coast so, is not small. So maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe he's just in every city, like on the coast. Okay, I'm just gonna fact check this real quick because I feel like Apollo might have <laughs> said San Fran or something. Yeah, yeah. You go ahead and do if that. I can um, remember what chapter that is. Yeah, so then they they do indeed go to get Percy, like, some yeah. homeless child shoe clothes, like, quote-unquote. He said San Fran. Yeah. Yep. Okay, he did. Okay, that's good. So, perfect. Um, Flappy rainbow hat. Everything makes perfect sense now. <laughs> Love that. Um, also, I am wearing a giant um, flannel shirt that is very large and needs to be ironed. So, um, I am dressed like Percy today. Cause of cosplay. Um, <laughs> I just need a rainbow hat. Still don't get why he dressed up as a homeless kid. Like, even now, I'm just like... Um, I feel, I feel like the optics of a kid who is clearly not homeless jumping an old homeless man are worse in some ways. Yeah. Because... A small boy... If- if wearing a 10th doctor's jacket, jumping um, an old homeless man. <laughs> I'm sorry, he's he's wearing he's wearing the 10th doctor's coat. He is. This is this is canonical. God. Yeah, I guess that makes sense in terms of it. But like, he doesn't look the best in general. Like, they've been beaten up yeah. quite a lot. So he probably already in general looks like a roughed up kid, even without a change of clothes. You know, he's yeah. probably got ripped up yeah, clothes. Yeah, he probably would have been fine. He hasn't showered in a while. Yeah. He probably still yeah. doesn't look great. I feel like they, they're they just overly optimistic on how, like, put together they all look. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, he's got a ripped shirt at this point as well, because, like, the skeletons tore his True. clothes at the museum. And he's not changed yeah. clothes. He's still wearing the same outfit. <laughs> hey, maybe maybe this is actually an upgrade. The, the Goodwill clothing. He needed it. <laughs> He needed a new shirt. I don't know. Yeah. But but yeah, we we can all agree that this is a little weird. It's all weird. And uh, maybe should have been all done differently. All of it. Maybe some choices should have been made. But uh, uh, whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know why. But right. My brain is going back to like when we watched Xanadu and he just like walked up to this man who was like playing on a playing music on a rock. <laughs> That, again, another- and just struck up some conversation. That also could be Narius. Just, like, this random old dude. Just playing clarinet. Yeah. <laughs> Friend, go watch Xanadu. <laughs> You'll understand No, I do not. I, I do not. <laughs> but it sounds nice. It's it's an 80s movie. Very 80s movie. Um, It's a musical. Very 80s. Um, And it has the muses in it. Oh, okay. I th- I've definitely heard the name. I just don't think I've ever seen it. It's one of those movies that you've heard the name probably, but never seen it. Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's got the it's got the girl from Greece. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I never knew anything about Xanadu. It's just one of those things where it's like a word that you hear sometimes. My mom loves musicals, so and <laughs> 80s movies, so it's one of those things. Combine the two, yeah. Uh, so, so Percy jumps some guy. <laughs> Percy assaults a man. Yes, he, he does. assaults an old man as well. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. He just like he keeps walking up to people. I'm. I don't know. I'm wondering how close he has to walk to like smell them. Yeah. Just like some kid in obviously new clothes, like just like conspicuously smelling people. I'd like to imagine that they did like a really shit job. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is not great. Yeah, this is a thirteen-year-old boy. Well, yeah, thirteen-year-old boy just walking about. He's not subtle. <laughs> yeah, and and then you see uh, Narius in his fuzzy bathrobe, and he looks like Santa. <laughs> I mean, that was a choice. Per- Percy does like there is specifically a line that just says, "I jumped Santa Claus." <laughs> Oh my god. Yeah, he just keeps talking, saying that he's Santa Claus for a few lines there. Oh boy. Yeah. I feel like if they have to do this scene in the show, they need to dress him up like Santa. Like, that should be the joke there, <laughs> oh my actually. God. Instead, be have him be a mall Santa, who's just, like, on the beach in the middle of, like... Oh, well, I mean, it is December. <laughs> it is December. It is so. December. I guess it that's fits. true. I guess it is December. <laughs> it totally fits. I was gonna say, in the middle of June... No, it's the season. Tis the season. Uh, Tis the it, season actually. to be assaulted, apparently, by teenage boys. <laughs> Fran, I'm going to be tweeting yeah, that. Uh... <laughs> tag me, tag me. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so this is just really bad. I don't know what to say about this. Un- until he starts turning into animals. Does- what, is- what does he do here? Oh wait, he drags him into the water. And Percy's like, oh no, not the water. Sarcasm, <laughs> sarcasm. Oh my god. That's just... The thing that got me about this is Nereus, he would be able to smell a like someone who is also connected to water. I know he currently um, smells bad, maybe, but like, surely he should be able to tell. Maybe he can't though. Maybe he's just that smelly. Maybe that's the joke. <laughs> that it covers up everything yeah. else. I see. You know what? Here's a, here's an idea. Yeah. Sally should have married this guy <laughs> instead of Gabe. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, oh, but still a god. Um, uh, still a god, though, so probably draws some Yeah, but a god that nobody seems to, like, worry about unless they're on yeah, a quest. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> but, you know, oh, but can... he has a wife. He has a wife, though. Doris. Oh. Too bad. Our love. Where is Doris? That's why I want to know it now. She's under the sea knitting sweaters for all of the narrates. Okay. <laughs> this is my headcan purely based on her wonderful name. Just sounds like an old grandmother. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... What is he? He turns into a seal and a killer whale. Um... And Percy puts on a little tourist show uh, when he jumps up as a killer whale, whale and Percy just like waves. <laughs> <laughs> what is this, Free Willy? <laughs> <laughs> well, at least this whale isn't abused. Oh, sorry, that was so dark. <laughs> that's a, that a really sad quote-unquote fun fact that I know of like 
the whale in Free if... Willy was not well treated, and you can tell from the the, the lilt in the in the um fin. Um, it's the case with like all all killer whales that are in captivity because killer whales are meant to live up to 100 years old and all killer whales in captivity none have lived longer than 15 years and that was a rare case that was like a rare case of one of them living to 15 years old um yeah it's not great this is why i'm just like why do i know these random sad facts (laughs) fran why i know I know. I remember too many really weird things. Literally, I remember the episode from The Simpsons where Bart becomes a boy band member, and I know the lines to every single song from that episode. Every single line. I have questions for you, my dude. I have questions. (laughs) Why is your brain like this? Autism. Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) uh so percy gets only one question not like three wishes or anything just one question okay do we think he asked the right question based on what we find out five seconds Mm. later is this the right question to ask i i i don't know because i feel like grover could have figured it out without narius and so or even zoe uh, as well hmm. zoe seemed to know Right. But I feel like she figures it out only because they have the information, like, already. And that she's like, okay, if if that's true, then this is how that makes sense. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe she would have recognized it even without knowing that it was, like, the ancient beast or whatever. Yeah. There's a way to write it so that, like, Grover communicates that finds out what creature it is. And because Zoe's, like, freaking ancient, she'll know immediately what that is <laughs> because she's been around for so long. Yeah, knowing that Grover can talk to Bessie does make that entire last scene seem a little uh superfluous. Yeah. Because yeah. like technically they didn't even technically they didn't even need to go to Neris, technically. Because Grover could have spoken to yeah. Bessie at some point. Because after speaking to Bessie and having this whole scene with Mr. D afterwards with when we meet Dr. Thorne again, we immediately then find out where we need to go for the yeah. finale bit. So it's not like we needed to ask where Artemis and Annabeth were either. Yeah. Yeah, this uh, the whole Nerish scene is actually completely unnecessary when you think about it in the larger picture. Because there's a way to write it <laughs> with just like one teeny tiny change that makes uh, like literal no difference <laughs> story. Except Fran, he's he's teaching people mythology, so you know you gotta have. But he's teaching it wrong. <laughs> he's teaching it wrong. <laughs> I mean, you're not totally wrong there, but like each chapter is like a myth. So, yeah, kind of. Not always a necessary one. Sometimes it's kind of like, I look, Rick, I know what you're doing. I know you're trying to be like, hey, this is the journey of Perseus. Hey, this is the journey of Heracles. And I'm like, sometimes some of these things don't need to fucking happen. <laughs> sometimes the book just <laughs> needs to finish. <laughs> it's only very been like 220 <laughs> some odd pages, you know? And another hundred to go. Uh, yeah, so the, what's what's the monster? It's bessie it's it's right there yeah the fact that he's like tell me where to find this monster it's it's there yeah yeah that's not a good question is it huh yeah tell me what the monster is but he wouldn't have known that yeah 
it doesn't like in context it's not that bad of a question because they need to know where to go next so and since they didn't know that until right this second it, it it was perfectly logical for percy to think okay we need to find the monster where is it because if he asked what is it then you know maybe that wouldn't have helped at all if he guess, didn't know yeah. where to what to do next mm, true it's hard I don't know what he should have asked. I feel like he should have gone, what and mm. who is the monster? Because then technically you get the who because he's called <laughs> Bessie Bessie. So technically the answer would have to be what Percy has named it because he's named it Bessie. Uh, no, <laughs> yeah. but definitely where is it doesn't bloody help. <laughs> That's not yeah. a good question. I mean, he's lucky that, again, Bessie is right there because Bessie's been following him. Bessie imprinted on Percy. Yeah, but... It's fine. Not for long. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we, we finally re-meet Bessie, um, introduced to the whole gang. He says Percy is his protector. That's, That's so cute. cute. Mm. That's so adorable. You know this cow? Yeah. Like, I, I saved it that one time because Nets <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a son of the sea god. Yeah. And they're like, why did you not ever mention this? Because it wasn't important. And he's like, I don't know. I didn't think it was important. <laughs> yeah. Although I do find it funny, truly, because like this this cow serpent has been following them this whole time, even warned them when they were in danger with the skeleton's arrival. I mean, that's pretty damn significant mm-hmm. because Percy came and was like, oh my God, the skeletons have found us. And kind of no one really questioned how he knew that before they kind of fully arrived. Mm-hmm. I mean, like at this point you should be saying, a cow serpent told me. That's pertinent information. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Zoe being like, I am a fool. I know this story. <laughs> the fact that she knows it. Yada, yada, yada. He has to be sacrificed. And poor Bessie can, I guess, understand them, even if he, he can't speak yes. their language. So yeah. it's sad. He doesn't like the S word, as in sacrifice, or the word entrails. Nope. Bad <laughs> words. Bad words. <laughs> We gotta, we gotta start bleeping out every time we say uh, sacrifice or entrails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so and we're talking about greek shit so that could be pretty frequently <laughs> that yeah truth truthfully it is pretty frequent uh so the the fact that they gotta kill something that's innocent yeah is it is is he described mm-hmm. as a baby i said i was gonna double check this but i did not um yes front half as a calf i thought so baby because he's always described as so cute you know? Yeah. And I feel like, uh, I feel like bulls are not very cute. Cows can be cute, but... A baby bull. Bulls, less so. Um, yeah. It's just a little baby he bull. He doesn't need to be a baby. He just needs to be innocent. Uh, as I was saying during my summary, it's it's like some Aslan shit. Or the original Aslan. Jesus. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, Aslan is the original. <laughs> Aslan oh is the God. real Jesus. <laughs> Uh, this is my actual religion now sorry you invented a new paganism c.s lewis instead of (laughs) making people christian honestly he did though yeah (laughs) ironically he then made the non-alcoholic version of christianity with aslan because he doesn't do anything with wine he's the non-alcoholic version sad (laughs) but also furry jesus furry jesus the cousin of <laughs> the cousin of God. Simba, the fairy Hamlet. 
Oh boy. They they do not explain how Bessie has been reborn, but it guess it is the same one. Uh, does he get sent to Tartarus? Well, then? it's it's a monster. Like it's just like any of the other monsters in the series. You know, they just come back. Yeah, and I I think that this is like a special, specific ancient monster, and so it's only coming back now with the stirring or whatever they called it. I'm just wondering if like. Like how when you uh, kill the Nemean lion, it turns into a coat. Uh, can you just like shoot Bessie <laughs> in the eye and then Bessie becomes the entrails? Like, <laughs> I don't know. The... It's it's not great. It's Sometimes not great to think it's about, better to not but... think too hard about Rick's world building. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we have Owen for. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> a podcast where we're... You know, he he talks about uh, works world building and how that makes sense. <laughs> okay, so we bring them back the French accent. <laughs> We've figured out why he's French. We've figured we out. Yes. Finally. And it is that um, France and Persia, as it was then, uh, had a collaboration of sorts during the Napoleon War. Um, it was a short period of time, but it was a long enough period Collab. of time for us to justify why Dr. Thorne is French. Because Rick Rowden is not English, so he has no reason to hate the French. He could just still hate <laughs> French people. Like, he could still hate French people. Like, I know there are, like, French speakers in, like, New Orleans, so maybe he hates French speakers in New Orleans or something. Why? I would feel bad <laughs> if that was the case. That would be a weird, weird flex. <laughs> or, but, or French Canadians. French Canadians could be a reason. Well, you know, the Canadians are just Lacedronians, so... Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, there's God. a lot of Canadian monsters. I mean, I feel like French Canadians could be the reason why he made Dr. Thorne French. <laughs> Maybe. Or it could just be fucking Napoleon. Um, it could just be Napoleon. <laughs> wonderful. I do think it's funny that Dr. Thorne looks like really shitty now. It's been like one week and he's like, hair has grown out. His, yeah. He's got stubble all over his his uh, ratty black trench coat. He's been chasing these kids across the US instead of, you know, like working at his fancy dancy <laughs> military school and, you know, shaving his head every day. So, you know. He's let himself go. Interesting that he's like, the gods banished me to Persia. Okay, sure. I feel like they didn't care enough about you, but sure. Yeah, I don't know that that's how that worked. Yeah. Yeah. Especially as, uh, who was it? Was it you, Charlie? Who, or was it you, Ray, who mentioned that um, manticores were actually originally Persian mythological creatures? Yeah, Charlie uh, was talking yeah. about that. But yeah. Just the irony. <laughs> Feels a little strange. The gods banished me here, <laughs> which is why I'm I, now a Persian mythological you figure. You live here, bro. <laughs> I mean, I think the stories might still be like Greek in origin, but like, uh, I don't know. It's It's always hard to tell, but it does say Persian monster. So. Interesting. Mm. Like how Rick is kind of mixed that a little bit. It's like, yeah, let's send him to Persia. I know he's originally Persian, but that's that's I'm like he was uh, sent there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, he so he's mocking the skeletons. Um, and because he wants to finish them off himself, I guess. All right, bud. Let's see okay. how that goes. Oh, not great. No, no, not great. <laughs> uh, yeah. This this is a fun time where we're trying to make Thalia evil. Um. How's that working out? Yeah. Yeah. There is mild temptation. 
but um, she doesn't fall for it. There is, and she seems kind of tranced by it, which is interesting. I'm wondering why that's happening. Yeah. My brain is going to the last time somebody was in a quote-unquote trance, and that was Bianca when she became a hunter. Um. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. And it's it's a weird thing. Like, I felt like the reason why they put Talia in this trance thing is to make it seem like she's more easily swayed than Percy because Percy's better. Because, like, Percy was asked to join before after he'd went through this terrible thing in, like, The Lightning Thief, and yet he didn't even consider it. Whereas Talia, she's being offered the opportunity right now, and she's considering it. It's kind of like... Okay, just say that you think Percy is better. <laughs> it's not true. But, like, there definitely there's some competition that's being put here in the narrative of Tyler could actually be tempted, but Percy could never be. Oh my, well, that's stupid. <laughs> I mean, Poseidon didn't turn him into a tree. So, like, maybe she's just like, I really want to kill my dad because he turned me into a tree instead of saving me. Like, that wasn't helpful. It has been a through line in the narrative that Talia resents Zeus, uh, you know, feels like the gods kind of abandoned her. A lot of things that Luke also felt, you know, that was his reasoning and whatnot. Um, I don't know. I, because on the one hand, I don't particularly like it because clearly the bad guys are in the wrong and she knows this. They kidnapped her friend. But at the same time, you know, she hasn't been here. She hasn't had the same experiences that the other kids have. And so she, you know, says earlier, like, Luke never let me down. Like, uh um and it's like he did kidnap your friend though so yeah i i would say that that's pretty bad but yeah i get where it's coming from i don't like it very much either though yeah i i kind of i would see the whole thing is i would half get her possibly being swayed if it was luke saying it it's the fact that it's this actual monster Mm -hmm. saying it that makes no sense to me as to why there's a possibility of being swayed but then the additional part of like what you're mentioning there of like how, you know, she's been screwed over by the gods. But like, so has Percy. Like, he had his own dad say to his face, you should never have been born. I mean, that's horrible to hear from your own dad who abandoned you for yep. years and left you and your mum with an abusive stepfather. I mean, like, there's definitely a lot of reasons for him too. But then we're never given the sense that he could ever be tempted by such a thing. So it's just, I mean, it, it's writing that, it, it's a writing issue that I have with Rick's of like the amount of plot armor Percy is given of just like, mm. he is this unbreakable, completely loyal guy and i'm like but he's also a teenage boy i mean like who hates one of his parents to a degree (laughs) i have the opposite problem i think i feel like it's almost ridiculous to be tempted at all i'm like why would talia ever want to go with these assholes like clearly they want to end the world that sucks (laughs) yeah i mean i also have a problem with his writing of the villains i mean (laughs) maybe she's just like tempted by like i don't know the is she tempted by the power is she tempted by, like, I could save all my friends instead and, like, trick them or something? Like, we don't get inside of her brain on this I... one. So we don't know. Yeah, I don't know why she's tranced here. I feel like her reasoning for why she would want to do this is really unclear. I, I don't know if it's going to get into it later, but if it doesn't, I feel like this is kind of uh, weak. Mm. Yeah. Also, yeah. how can... He's telling um Thalia to summon Bessie. Uh... 
how would she, how is she able to summon Bessie? Because it's yeah, that's they, <laughs> they keep saying something about like the big three kids being connected to Bessie somehow, and maybe maybe that's just because of the main prophecy and like that being. Mm-hmm. But like you know, it even like in this chapter, uh, Bessie goes right up to Thalia, and you know Thalia puts her hand on him. Like it's a guess whole so. thing, I guess that he's attracted to big three kids. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely not well explained. Because um, also, it doesn't even tie to the original <laughs> mythology because it was someone from the Titan side no. who summoned the Bessie of that time. Like it wasn't one of the the kids from the other side being tempted to join the other side. So the mythological know, yeah, logic what Titan isn't there. was. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's a generic, unimportant Titan. You want to know who to put in your hit list for killing Bessie? I do. I really do. All right. What's next? Well, we bring back fart arrows, and honestly, I thought they left those at camp, <laughs> because I don't think we've seen fart arrows for this entire quest, have we? Yeah. Not that I remember. Like, why didn't we send a fart arrow into the mouth of the, the lion? Come on. That would have been great. <laughs> like, kill it with fart. <laughs> I, I think that you just want to do that. I don't know that there would be any strategic value to doing such a thing. I want it to happen, okay? They gotta save these fart arrows. They're important. I want it to happen. <laughs> um, but, um, then we yeah. have uh, the the guidance and help of Mr. D, from which Percy calls. <laughs> Who really just wants pizza. Um, yeah. Can I just say, I love the fact that Percy is so pissed off that Mr. D is the one who answers. <laughs> Firstly, when, like, he just said Camp Half-Blood, he didn't specify who he wanted to call. He was upset that Kyra wasn't there. I'm like, bitch, say his name. Say his name if you want to talk to him. <laughs> and also the additional fact of like, oh my god, Mr. D's not going to help us. And I'm, <laughs> Mr. D's immediate response is like, well, if you asked me, maybe I would. Because like, he didn't. He just was like, oh, well, you're not going to be helpful at all. Like, yeah. ask the question first. Yeah, he's just like, where's Kyra now? <laughs> you know, I want to know what happens if you get the like the location wrong of the person. Like if he'd said Chiron Camp Applet and he wasn't even at camp or something, where would the Iris message go yeah does it have do you have to specify the location i i feel like you do when you say the person's name because every time percy said the person's name that that's how it works but this is the second time that percy's just said camp half-blood and no name and the first time was in (laughs) the lightning thief and he wanted to talk to chiron but luke answered instead yeah Second time, he did it correctly by mentioning Mr. D Camp Half-Blood. And then this time, six months later, this book is, he forgot to mention someone's name. (laughs) Um, So he has no right to be mad. Um, And also, he can can continue to not have any right to be mad by saying, oh, well, you're not going to help us. Because he didn't ask if Mr. D could help. I mean, literally, the moment he asked him, (laughs) Mr. D helped out. (laughs) Sometimes you just need to ask. Literally, just say, hey... Can you please help us? Like, like that's all you gotta do is is ask a god. Hey, can you please help? That's it. Okay, but Percy does not have any reason to believe that that would work with Mister D. Nappy, gotta try. Has Mister D in any previous book given us any indication? Remember early in this book? In this book, he has actually given us indication he was cool. Yeah, but- I was gonna say in this book he's been all right. 
Remember earlier in this book when he turned Percy into his therapist, um, just like complaining about <laughs> heroes and everything? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and how much he hates them all. Yeah. I mean, he'll help them if they ask for it, but... Apparently. I did also like that um, Zoe said, hey, call on your dad for help uh, save um, Bessie. And he's like, no, I'm going to stay with you guys and help you. And I think that was cool. Mm-hmm. He's a team player for once. We know that Percy is self-sacrificing. He would never uh, leave his friends in a dangerous situation exactly. where he would be safe. Yeah. Never. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So also the fact that Dr. Thorne wants to just kill everyone but Thalia. Um, okay. Keep Percy alive too. Just so you have a second option maybe. <laughs> I think the only reason why he won't, I, he won't keep him alive is because Percy has been asked before whether or not he'll join and he's basically done an absolute no like he's already shown that he can't be tempted whereas Talia at this point has shown Mm. there is the possibility because like Percy hates Luke hates everything that's happening with this but Talia has a relationship with Luke she has a history she's not seen this darker side of him so it makes sense that he'd want to get rid of everyone else who could possibly influence Talia away also I think I also think Dr. Thorne uh, hates Percy as a person and would like to kill him (laughs) that too (laughs) I mean, I think the way to get Percy to destroy the world is you kidnap one of his friends and say, hey, destroy the world and I'll let your friend live. (laughs) Basically. I feel like that might be a hard choice for him. Would it? Because of his mum. His loyalties to his mum and to his other friends. I don't think he would save one friend if it would destroy everyone else. No, no. We actually did this in the first book. Did we? Uh, Percy would leave his mom behind. He would. uh, In order to, like, complete his quest. So it it was hard, but he did it. Yeah. Under certain circumstances. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So apparently Percy would not let the world burn for one friend. No. In most circumstances, he is usually utilitarian. (laughs) Save the many, not the few. I'm just saying. (laughs) I don't... In only certain circumstances... Just because he has lots of friends. I feel like he wouldn't be like just this one particular friend if it would mean all mm. the other friends. I see. They they take out all of his friends and are like, we'll keep all of, we'll keep Camp Half-Blood alive. Everyone who is in Camp Half-Blood, Sally just goes there for the day. We'll keep all of them alive and then <laughs> kill everyone else. Hmm. I think he would struggle. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That would technically still be utilitarian, though, because in terms of Camp Half-Blood, they are, in a sense, the strongest of the world's group of people. So they would be the best defense later on. Uh, so it's just genocide. Uh, I so don't like that. It's just genocide but... of everyone else. <laughs> that feels eugenicism. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, that is um, a problem with you. Yeah, utilitarianism, not great. The thing about Percy is that he would not make that decision. Percy would flat out refuse. Like, no matter... Percy is a third option type bitch. Like, yeah, yeah. We love it's that. like in that Spider-Man movie with the bus and Mary Jane. Mm. Uh, you just don't choose. Yeah. yeah. And maybe it works out for you and maybe it really, really doesn't. And you lose both. Yeah. So he's not Doctor Strange. <laughs> I'm just saying, there, there are circumstances... Where you could still manipulate him, potentially, there. You just... I understand. Yeah. yeah. I'm just yeah. saying. It's it's the best the best option. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, grapes to the rescue. Grapes of wrath. Hey, this is so good. It's so fucked up and evil. I love it. 
I love that Rick is giving us like uh, Dionysus and madness and like wildness and you know it's very nice. No one got turned into a dolphin though. I'm upset. Uh, disappointing. We're we're like at the pier and everything. Like, what's the point? Come on, <laughs> more more dolphins. Not enough dolphins. I feel like uh, they were like, I don't think the readers would like that very much because we even specify that the mortals are gonna be fine after. Yeah. After the madness wears off. Uh, it's just like they're a little high. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's all good. And now Mr. D goes and gets some pizza. <laughs> good for him. He deserves it. Yeah. After letting them know where they need to head next, which is uh, Zoe's answer, which is home. He called Percy by his name. Oh, I, I somehow completely Aww. missed that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Percy didn't. He was like, you called me Percy Jackson. I most certainly did not Peter Johnson. He cares. He knows all of their names, but he specifically doesn't call them their names. Mr. D is for real so cool, this book. I'm... (laughs) Mr. D is actually the only god who actually cares. He just pretends that he doesn't. It's because mm-hmm. he, he's dealing with children and like it's 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 way it's weighing on his soul a little bit to like not be home with his wonderful wife. Yeah. Like <laughs> And the additional bit of he used to be one of them. He's surrounded by people that he used to be like and he knows what their futures hold. But they yeah. won't be as lucky as him. You know, th- this is just one of those times where it's like, man, it sucks to be immortal. Just yeah. a little bit. So we're going <laughs> to Zoe's home next chapter. Woo! Fuck yeah. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun time. Hey, we we've we've taken out some big chunks of this book. We're getting closer. It's kinda wild that we're like getting wrapping up almost. We're hitting like the climax here. Oh yeah. This is a fun time. Uh Fran, where can the people find you on the internet? And things. Yes, so if you want to listen to a another Percy Jackson podcast that is going in timeline order, uh, you can find mine at The Best Damn Camp. Damn spelled the correct way, as we learn in this book. Um, I'm also <laughs> at Best Damn Camp Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can find me at A Dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, where I do all my booky stuff. You can buy my books, which are Everything Gay, um, currently Gay Tarzan, um, which is called Home to the Wild, which is out right now. It's going to be a three-book and four-novel, uh, four-short-story series. So uh, a, a book and a short story a year for the coming years. Um, and I have a Celtic mythology gay stuff coming soon as well. So um, all that stuff's on my on my Instagram and things. So buy my books, because I'm also very poor. <laughs> Yay. So cool, y'all. Like, like seriously. <laughs> Heck yes. Please buy Fran's books. <laughs> buy all Home of them. Home to the wild, wherever you want it. <laughs> um, also libraries. If you can't buy it, go to a library. Libraries are good. Also good. We love. Uh, So what media have y'all been consuming lately? Like uh, reading, listening to, watching and such. I've, I've got one if y'all need a minute. Um, uh, friend of I've, I've already been talking about what I'm watching today, but I've been watching She-Hulk, um, finally, (laughs) um, and screaming because I watched like 13 minutes of it and I immediately had to tell everyone I'm in love with Jen. Um, just, just flat out. I'm like, I'm in love. I'm sold. This is fine. Nice. Cool. Great. Love it so much. Also, uh, by once I finish the show, I have to draw She Hulk in the Ace Attorney pose. Somebody hold me to it, please. <laughs> we will. Uh, Ray, do you want to go first? Uh, I could go. I've been trying to think of something. Uh, I'll just say uh, there's they, there's a 
Dune game from 1992. Not Dune 2. That's the that's the PC game that everyone knows of Dune. Anyways, the only Dune content I've ever uh, consumed was uh, Dune DOS 1992. And uh, the soundtrack really slaps. It's like one of my favorite like sci-fi soundtracks ever. It's it's just a... That, that's all. <laughs> you should try it that if you can so, find like, it. It's good. That is such that is such a you plug. Like, if I ever heard one... <laughs> Thank you. Oh my god, man. <laughs> love it that that game slaps it's it's like a real-time strategy game and also a um like visual novel it's so good wow that sounds cool i may have to look into it um what i'm going through (laughs) at the moment is i am reading the guinevere deception which is the first book in the camelot rising series by kirsten white and i am what am i watching at the moment well i'm currently i need to go and finish watching the final jodie whittaker doctor who episode that dropped at the time of recording (laughs) um so i know nothing (laughs) at this point but i've been told it's very exciting so i'm looking forward to finishing that and then um i'm also watching the korean drama the king eternal monarch which is very fun. If you like parallel universe stuff, that's all it is. And um, very it's cool. very cool. I did like it very much. <laughs> Lots of nerdy things. Are you a nerd? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. Well, uh, y'all need to get the fuck out of my cabin. Um, I'm going to go uh, assault an old man, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, Charlie. That's a choice. <laughs> I I think I can't leave. I think I have to stop you. I think we're enemies now. And uh, I'm in cabin eight, so I'm just going to be heading right out and probably never coming back. <laughs> you don't want to deal with no, this No, I'll probably come back. <laughs> we come back once a year. <laughs> See you next year. <laughs> You can follow the podcast socials at of the eldest gods pod on Instagram and at of the eldest gods on Twitter. You can send an iris message to us through of the eldest gods pod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us financially, go to patreon.com slash of the eldest gods. By becoming a patron, you can join the Movie Night Crew Network server, where you get to chat with us and hear some no context spoilers about episodes we are recording. I personally recommend the $5 tier, where you get access to Against All Odds, our bonus show where we talk about basically anything vaguely related to mythology, Percy Jackson, or whatever we like. We also have a merch store on Tee Public, where all our designs are made by Charlie. Or if you cannot support us financially, please give us a review on iTunes and rate us on Spotify to help others know how much you love this podcast. You can follow me, Ray, at HeyHeyRay on Twitter. I also have another podcast called Barbie Movie Slap, where my co-host Ted and I talk about the Barbie cinematic universe. You can check out that podcast Twitter at Barbie Slaps. You can follow me, Charlie, at GreenPixie12 on most platforms, but on Twitter, I'm at GreenPixie123, which I'm totally not salty about. I also have an art Instagram that I sometimes use at GreenPixieDraws. I sometimes do the YouTube thing on my channel, Charlie Mac. that's M-A-C-K. And I also have another podcast on the network called Fandoms Gone Wrong, where my mom and I talk about movies, TV shows, books, whatever other fandoms we enjoy. You can find that on all the major podcasting apps. Our music was written by Isabel Strauss-Riggs and recorded and edited by Ian M. Riggs. You can find Izzy at Kane underscore I, that's I is in the body part, on Instagram and Twitter. She also currently makes video essays on the YouTube channel Kane I. 
Feel free to message her about making music for your project or editing your podcast. Of the Eldest Gods is proud to be a part of Deus Ex Media, which features great podcasts like My Cabbages, an Avatar podcast that follows the true hero of the Avatar The Last Airbender series, the Cabbage Cart Guy. Coffee. Tea. Honor. Cabbage. Long ago, the four elements lived in harmony. Then, shit went totally cray when the Avatar attacked. Only the Cabbage Man, merchant of fine cruciferous vegetables, could stand against his trolling. But when the world needed some dank veg, he vanished. Ten years have passed, and my partner and I have started a new podcast. My Cabbages! An Avatar podcast. A weekly show about Avatar The Last Airbender. Whether it's Sokka's new line of cologne. Hey, look at you. Sitting there on a seal. Well, now look it back at me. I'm on an on a even bigger seal. Now look away. D&D related antics. You have to make an acrobatics check for that. And Aang just like unzips his pants and whips out his d20s. He's just like, I got this. Or randomly breaking into song. <laughs> we'll stumble our way through the greatest show ever made, one episode at a time. You can reach us at CabbageCast, which is our Twitter, or subscribe wherever you catch pod. Rotten cabbages? What kind of slum do you think this is? Of the Eldest Gods is based on the series by Rick Riordan. Right now we are discussing Percy Jackson and the Olympians. Remember to follow us on your favorite podcatcher and meet us back here every Thursday. Fran is generally a negative person, and it's it's fine. We still love them. <laughs> Fran is a delight. <laughs> I'm very pessimistic. It's because I'm English. It's this the English in me. <laughs> I, I'm the Scottish. It's the English and Scottish in me. We hate everything. Mm, quite the combination. Dave X Media.